Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia, and Puerto Rico to be exact, and we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole, and welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. I'm very excited for our featured guest today. Today, we're inviting our friend Allison Melody on the mic with us to chat about relationships. So this should be a fun one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm super excited to have her on. Yeah. Um, so friends, Nicole and I have both been in long-term relationships for a long time. <laughs> so after considering this topic, we didn't feel that just Nicole and I on the mic could really do this conversation justice. Um, we really wanted to bring in a perspective of someone who's single and who could kind of share from their point of view, maybe some of the struggles, some things that they've learned, some of those lessons from, mm. you know, having space as a, a single female. And so we're really excited to uh, have Allison on today. She's graciously accepted our invite to openly share her perspective as a single female who's actively dating, but who has also, again, learned a lot of really valuable life lessons because she's allowed herself to be single. So, Nicole, before we bring Allie on, why don't you share a bit about how this topic came onto our list in the first place? Yes. What sparked this topic was two conversations that I had with two of my girlfriends on separate occasions. They are both in their mid to late thirties and, um, they've dated a lot and they've had longer relationships in the past. Uh, but both of them have the experience that once a potential for a more serious relationship, uh, comes up, they feel this pressure of not wanting to mess up the opportunity. You know, it's like, it's almost like they've been single for a long time. So it's almost like being in a relationship, they feel a little bit like they're out of practice in some way. I mean, cause that's the thing, right? When you've been single from a long, for a long time, this is one of the things that one of my friends shared is that you just become, you, you become very accustomed and very comfortable with a lifestyle, right? The social circle you keep, the life that you have, um, your routine, the things that you do, and then bringing someone in permanently, I, I can see that, you know, that can be a real struggle. So I, I think we have a lot to gain from this conversation, you know, from these two perspectives, given that we've been in a long relationship and um, someone who currently isn't in a, a serious long-term relationship. I think we can learn a lot from Ali. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's go ahead and bring Ali on so we can dive into this convo. Ali, we are so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you ladies. I'm a listener and you've been on my show, so I'm excited to be on your show and I love your girls. So can't wait for this conversation. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah. For I was thinking anyone who sees your name or hears your name and is like, oh, that sounds familiar. That's because we were on your podcast together. It was Nicole and I's first duo guest appearance. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you were so gracious to allow us to repost that episode on our podcast. So you either heard us on Allison's podcast or our podcast. And if you haven't heard us on one of those yet, you should definitely listen. We'll link up to Allison's show, um, Food Heals, in the show notes for today's episode for sure. Perfect. Yeah, well, I'm excited to dive into today's combo. Um, we said this before jumping on, but just so everyone is on the same page, I mean, we're talking about relationships today. We fully recognize and appreciate and respect that this is a super personal topic, and we're so grateful for you coming on and sharing your experiences with us. And as always, Nicole and I are just looking to come on the mic, have a candid conversation, be open and honest about our own experiences. We are not experts in relationships. We're just here to have a conversation and maybe kind of question like a few of the things that come up in everyday life and, you know, society and norms and what people expect and judgment around those types of things. I mean, I know there's so many different ways that we could take this convo, but I want to start with... When we reached out to you, Ali, and you, again, you so graciously accepted our invite to come on and talk about this, you had talked about how being single has taught you so much about yourself. And I so highly respect that you've found space in a place where maybe a lot of people feel uncomfortable being single, or they think that they shouldn't be single. And being in a relationship means that you're more secure or that that's better or whatever the presuppositions of that are. But you found, you know, so much out about yourself through allowing yourself to be single. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. And to your point, I would also like to say I'm not a dating and relationship expert either, but sometimes our life experiences kind of make us experts in places or in topics that we never set out to become experts in. And so I just say that to let everyone know, like, don't take advice from me. You do you, but I'll share my story. And if it resonates, I'm here to help. Um, but yeah, I was married for a long time and I met my, the person that would become my husband when I was 26 years old, which is pretty young in the scope of things these days, I believe. So we were together for a long time. I loved being married. I love love. I love um, just having someone there. But if I hadn't become single, which at the time was very hard to go through, uh, going through a divorce. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be the same person that I am today. And I've learned so much about myself from not being in a relationship. And so to anyone who's like, oh my gosh, it's so hard out there. It's like, yeah, but you get to experience so many new things. You get to learn about yourself and what you're willing to accept into this beautiful energy field that we all have. And you just learn about the world and about humans. And what happens with love relationships also very often happens in friendships and family relationships. And so there's so much you can learn about how to work with other people in your life, how to work with clients, how to work with friendships. So you can be the best version of yourself. And you can also hold sacred space for yourself and not allow in people into your life who don't deserve to be there. And I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned when it comes to relationships is 
how to be who I am and be unapologetic about that and not let people in who don't love and appreciate me for who I am, who may want to tear me down or may want to use my best qualities against me, whether it's in a love relationship or a friendship. And so I, I just appreciate now what has happened to me that I couldn't see at the time of going through. You know, I never wanted to be divorced. I thought about the word divorce when I was married and I was like, it, in my mind, I was like, well, that's not an option. So you have to make this work. And I want to say that sometimes just knowing that it's an option can get you out of a situation that's never going to get better. And once you accept that, God, life gets so much better and there's so much love and wonderful things that can come out on the other side of that. Yeah, I can relate to um, also having been married and divorcing and knowing my experience of how painful that separation is and going through that. Was there ever a fear of, you mentioned that you didn't want, you know, divorce almost seemed like not an option. Was one of the fears being alone after? Oh yeah. So personally for me, um, alone is one of the core things that I struggle with is loneliness because I lost both of my parents to cancer at an early age and I didn't have any um, cousins, brothers, or sisters. So I, I was very alone without having a family, which is probably why I stayed with the same person for a little bit longer than perhaps I should have because I did not want to be alone. So that was absolutely a fear of mine. And then sometimes uh, you know, what happened to me is I realized I love myself. I love being alone. I love not having someone in my space. I love making my own rules, you know? And so the fear turned into something joyful. But of course, Nicole, at the beginning, I was like, I'm terrified. I was absolutely petrified of being alone. And I was petrified of what people would think. And I was petrified of feeling that I failed, you know, all of these things that we go through. I was petrified that I wouldn't be good enough for the next person. Like I had to up level myself before I met that person. And all of these fears spun in my head, but I knew I had to do it. And somehow by the grace of God, I got the courage, but yes, so much fear. So just know that I didn't do it like, oh, I'm just going to get out of this. It was scary. And it took a long time. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you bring up kind of like the fear of what other people would think or like the judgment around it, because I think that it's almost hard to find a scenario where there's not potential judgment. It's like when you're with someone, like, is there judgment around who you're with? And if you're single, is there judgment around being single? And if you're not married and you're just dating and the older you get, you know, Nicole and I have talked about this on other episodes. It's like, are people judging you because you're just dating? Like, why aren't you married yet? Is there something wrong? Like, and so I feel like this judgment comes at us from so many different angles um, and I, I'm curious to hear, like, have you felt that being single? Do you think that there's a judgment around like, oh, Ali, like you're, you know, a beautiful woman, you're smart, you have a lot going for you. Like, why aren't you in a relationship? There must be something wrong with you. Um, <laughs> that's what I thought that I was going to experience. And so there was a lot of fear around that. And we say it about men, ladies, like we're like, okay, he's so hot. He's got it together. He's got a good job. He's got a dog, whatever your, you know, values are. Mm -hmm. And then we go, but something must be wrong. And so let's take that back and transform that because what I say is wrong with me is, oh, my standards are high. And if you think that's a problem, then you're not for me. So it's like all about (laughs) up leveling. And it took me a while to realize that, but yeah, I think I thought I was going to experience more judgment than I did. And then what actually happened is all these people told me, oh yeah, I was divorced too. And I was like, 
you were. And now they're in happy, wonderful relationships. And I realized it wasn't the stigma that I thought it would be. And I had to let go of that. And so many people, you know, shared their stories with me once I came out of the closet of, you know, I'm going through a separation that's probably going to learn, lead to a divorce. There was so much love and support for that because other people had done the same thing. And I, it made me not feel so alone. Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like there's such huge respect in that because like you said, that can't be an easy thing to go through. And and of course, you're not only going through like the emotional toll of that, but thinking about like, this is my life. How, like what happens when this isn't my life anymore? What does that look like? And, right. and so many questions and things and the strength and uh, resilience to go through something like that. I mean, I think there's so much respect in that. And you had also mentioned, Ali, it's like you treat yourself the way you want to be treated because people are going to treat you the way that you treat yourself. So like if you continue, you know, in a relationship that you're not happy in, it's like, I don't know, there's just there's more there's more out there for you than that. But you have to you have to do it yourself first before other people are going to start like giving that back to you. Exactly. Whatever you put up with, you end up with. So mm. what what can we look at that we're putting up with? Um, how are we treating ourselves? Because other people see that and they treat us in that way. And so I think it's really, un really important to understand what are your boundaries and when are they being vi violated? And are you making sure that you're expressing this is a boundary for me or this is um, a core value for me? And if you're not, it's okay to start talking about that. Let's say you're in a current relationship. And if that person comes back and they go, I respect that and I'm here for it, then you're great. And if they don't, those are the questions you need to start asking yourself. Because sometimes when we start treating ourselves better in a relationship, that person can either match us and come with us and work on themselves as well, or they don't. And sometimes, unfortunately, in friendships too, in all kinds of relationships, even client client relationships, sometimes it's okay to let that person go out of our life and know that not everyone is meant to come on this full journey with you, but everyone was in your life for a period of time for learnings, for so many gifts that, you know, they provided for you that you provided for them. But at the same time, like be okay with leaving relationships behind when you decide this is what I want, this is what I need, and I'm going to accept nothing less than that and hope they come on the journey with you. And if they don't, they're not willing to, that's okay. You're going to evolve. You're going to vibrate at a higher frequency. And then you're going to find more people who vibrate at that frequency. And that's like the biggest lesson of my life is the more boundaries I put up. And I don't mean it in a negative way, but the more I say, this is what I expect form of myself and of others, I up level, then I only attract people who are up leveling as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Allison, another thing that I'm thinking about as we're chatting about this is, okay, so you're, you're married you have this loving relationship. It doesn't work out. You end up getting a divorce. You are currently dating. Is that accurate? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so I know you gave yourself that space as a single woman to grow and learn and have all of these amazing aha moments that you've been sharing with us. Is there any part of you in that that's like, I actually love being single. Like, I don't know how I'm going to go find a relationship because I love living alone and I love having me time and I love making my own plans and I love not 
you know, kind of checking in with someone else. Like, I know that there are pros and cons, of course, but like, is there a space that you feel like being single is just something that you've kind of made a part of your life? Yeah. And it happened after I really started getting into shorter term relationships after um, my divorce, because then I would be like, all right, I want to be back in a relationship. I love, love, I love being in a relationship. And then I would um, end up with people who were great at first and I'm not blaming, shaming anyone. I'm just saying like things don't work out, but I would realize, man, with there's so much disconnect in the way that we do things. It's so much work when someone, let's say when the balance is off, someone needs you to check in more, you need them to check in more. And so all of a sudden being single and having your own space started to look really good. And Mm -hmm. so one thing I realized is that if they're not matching my energy, if they're not willing to travel, if they're not willing to not hear from me for a little bit, or if I need to check in every night and they're willing to check it, you know, if they're not willing to do the things that you need, it's not a match. It's not a fit. And of course we can tell someone, Hey, this is what I need. And if they go, Oh, I can give you that great. Keep trying. If not, it's a no dog. Like, you know what I mean? Because then you can appreciate, oh my gosh, I love being single. I love my life. And I've had experiences where, you know, uh, someone was mad at the amount that I was traveling and saying, well, you should be here with me. Why do you keep going places? And I said, you can come with me. And he said, you know, I can't do that. And, you know, and I was like, well, then we can't do this. Like, you can't be Mm -hmm. mad at me for being me. And so when I'm alone and living my quote unquote, single life, I am me. And when I know who I am, what my values are and what I want, then I can attract that match, I believe. And when I'm not attracting that match and I'm settling for a while for someone who isn't that, it doesn't benefit me or the other person. So yes, I would rather be alone than be in a relationship that's not serving either person and trying to make it work because there are good things. There's probably good things in every relationship or you wouldn't go on a second date right? But it's got to be great. And if it's not going to be great, then I would rather be single. I love my life single. I love doing what I want when I want. And if that's unattractive to someone, then it's not going to be a fit. If they want to stay at home wife, that's not a fit for me. If that's what you want to be and that's what they want, fabulous. But I would rather be alone than be in a relationship that isn't serving either person. That was the one of the things that came up with the conversations I was having with my friends who were, who were both single. And there's this pressure when there is a potential to be in a serious relationship. You know, they've been dating, someone comes along that, oh, this could actually work. They they feel quite a sense of pressure to not uh, mess up this opportunity. But at the same time, what I hear you saying is like, you're so clear on, mm, this isn't going to work. Like, I, I have to call it quits now. When do you know it's time to move on and not just keep trying like, oh, one more date, one more date, maybe next time he'll come around or maybe there's something else that, you know, we haven't unlocked yet. Yeah. And again, I'm not a dating expert, but from <laughs> my experience and because, and my experience means staying in the relationship too long, even though I knew it wasn't a fit, even though I saw the red flags, even though I knew that a core value or a boundary had been violated, I was like, but, but, but this and but that, and I would excuse the behavior. Mm-hmm. And so now where I am currently is that, and what I advise anyone to do is make a list of exactly what you want, make a list of your core values. And if those don't match on date one or date four, 
move on because why are we settling? There's absolutely no reason to settle. And I think that is kind of a misbelief in our society. Like, oh, well, if they have seven out of 10, no girl, go get your 10 out of 10. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like don't settle, don't shrink so that the other person can expand, like be you and be loved unconditionally for who you are. And if they're in a misalignment with your core values or your must haves or your, you know, we call them deal breakers, Mm -hmm. then that's a deal breaker. And that's okay. You know, I just don't want women to settle for anything they don't want because then you're going to end up in multiple divorce situations or cheating situations or abuse situations. You know, I don't want to get dark, but mental, physical, emotional abuse is very prevalent in our society and you don't know it until you experience it and then you meet all the other people who experienced it. This like just so reminds me of, I don't consider myself a good dater, which is a good thing now, but 12 (laughs) years ago when I wanted to date and like meet someone, it was not a pro. (laughs) I would go on dates and I just feel like super awkward about it. And I felt like I was meeting people in the wrong places. And then I kind of got into this rhythm of like, well, where do I go to meet people? And it was just kind of like a hot mess. And (laughs) I feel like even now, like fast forward, I'm so glad that dating apps didn't exist when I was dating because I would just not know how to act or what to do with them. But even like in us chatting before we jumped on today, Allie, like you've mentioned a couple of terms that I have no idea what these things mean, but I feel like (laughs) if you are dating that you that maybe you do know. So you mentioned love bombing and gaslighting. What are these terms? Nicole, do you know what these mean? No. And when you mentioned dating apps, I feel so out of touch and I'm so curious. I want to know like what that whole experience was like getting on these. So definitely want to dig into that. But yeah, tell us about love bombing and gaslighting. Yeah. I feel like they are terms that are like thrown around these days on like TikTok and social media or between girlfriends. Oh girl, he's gaslighting you. And like, oh my God, he's love bombing you. And yeah, that may be the case, but also like know what those terms actually mean because they are prevalent and happening, but not everything is a gaslight or manipulation or like a love bombing. So essentially one of the biggest, um, tools of the narcissist. So unfortunately, because of the relationships that I've had over the past few years, I've had to become an expert on recognizing what a narcissist is. Mm. And one of the tools that they use, uh, two of the tools that they use are gaslighting and um, love bombing. But it doesn't always mean if someone really falls in love with you right away that they're love bombing you. So I think it's getting really clear. And gaslighting came from this movie and you can watch it right now on Roku. It's from, I don't know, the twenties. Um, Ingrid Berman, I think is the star. And essentially it was, she moved in with her new husband and he started with his actions using her wonderful qualities against her and manipulating her to believe that things were happening that weren't really happening. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. driving someone crazy and making them believe things that aren't the case. So for example, he would um, say, oh, you always lose things. She's like, no, I don't. And then he gives her something and she loses it. So Mm. the tool is what they're doing is they're either stealing it to make you crazy or they are convincing you you are a certain way. So it's psychological warfare. You start to become a certain way. So you have one glass of wine, like you're drunk, you're acting this way. And you're like, am I? 
you know, and then you're like, maybe I am. And so they start to convince you that your own reality is not the case. And it's very scary. And like I said, it's psychological warfare. If you want to know really what this is, then go and watch this movie. And then love bombing is where you meet someone and they are just like, oh, I've never met anyone like you. You are the most beautiful. I love you so much. And they say, I love you a little too soon. And they say you're beautiful a little too much. So they overly, overly compliment you. And I don't want to knock any man or woman who does that naturally. And they're just like, no, when I love, I just love so hard. (laughs) But the difference is realizing if they are that narcissistic personality type who are there to manipulate you, because what they do is they love bomb you. They convince you we're in love and then you get engaged or you move in with them and then they turn the tables, but you're already in it. So you don't know how to get out of it. They turn the tables on you. They start emotionally and mentally abusing you. And then you can't get out of it because you're like, well, I know it was good at the beginning. So I'm going to try to get back to that. So we as women, and I think men who are in narcissistic relationships with women as well, because this goes both ways, are always trying to go, well, we can get back to that lovely place where we were, not realizing, no, it was all a manipulation. Everything you thought was real wasn't real. And I don't want to scare people off, but that's a lot of unfortunately, what's out there these days. I've done podcasts on uh, Food Heals about this with other women who I met after I had been in um, more than one, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. narcissistic abusive relationships where the tools of gaslighting and love bombing were used on me, didn't realize it, started reading about it. And I was like, it was like, the veil was open and all of a sudden I realized what was happening. And then you just go on the internet and you deep dive and you learn about it and you watch the videos about it and you realize what's happening to you. And that's when you stand up and go, that will never happen to me again. And so just being aware and so that you can have not be, not go into everything blind. I'm a very, um, I see the best in people. A lot of people go go into things expecting the worst. I always go into things expecting the best, which I think is a good quality, but also putting the boundaries up and going, but don't miss the red flags, girl. (laughs) This is super valuable. I so appreciate you sharing this because I'm now just thinking about my girlfriends who, you know, I wouldn't want any other woman or any other, anyone really to be in that situation. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And I can hear from you and I see you as someone who's got a big heart, super generous. You love to love. So I can see perhaps and maybe in my in in the cases with my girlfriends too that they have space to bring someone in and they have a big heart they want to love you know but they they hmm I suppose just not the, not settling, huh? Yeah, the deal breakers, like just not settling, like yeah, just not settling and and like having those boundaries. I think that that's such a powerful lesson, right there, Ali. Is like it seems so simple, but I don't think a lot of people actually take the time to make a list of what they want or to write out what your core values are or what those boundaries look like. Because it's so easy in a relationship, especially early in a relationship when like, you know, love and and, uh, all those warm and fuzzies like got you feeling all these great vibes. It's easy to like not consider those things because you're having a great time and you've met someone new and it's exciting and you know, whatever the case may be. But I think really sticking to your boundaries and sticking to those things that you want, like you said, not settling for less is, you know, it's a, it's a very undervalued thing, I think. 
And what I found um, is that when you set boundaries in relationships, you also have to set them in all areas of your life because let's, this happened to me the other day. Um, I ordered my vegan tacos, but they came with cheese. And I was like, oh, I'll just pick pick the cheese off. And my friend that was with me, she literally goes, Allie, no, you send that back because when you don't get what you want and you accept less than what you want, you're breaking the commitment to yourself that you made when you set those boundaries, right? And so instead of Allie picking the cheese off so she doesn't bother the waiter or the wait- the cook mm-hmm. staff, no, I asked for this without cheese. I'm going to get it without cheese. And, you know, it was just a wake up moment for me. We're like, exactly. Like we have to act in all areas of our life, what we expect in this relationship. When we, it could be a friendship, it could be a man relationship, whatever. But I was like, you're absolutely right. So I sent the tacos back and it was much more empowering than picking the cheese off. Right. And so it's the yes. same everything. <laughs> you go girl, send that back. I've totally yes. been in that situation before where I'm like, it's okay. But then I'm like, no, this is not like what I asked for. This is not what I ordered. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. That I think that is a great reminder that it really carries into so many other areas of your life too. Yeah, because I can see in myself too that loving personality type, being so open to love, can also go into being too accommodating. Um, And you excuse those behaviors that seem like, oh, no, I'm okay. This is what a loving person would do. Mm. Really? Maybe maybe not, right? And is it reciprocal? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then before you know it, you're like, wait a second, I'm just like not happy ever. (laughs) because I've made so many exceptions to like these boundaries or the things that I really want. And yeah, I mean, Ali, that kind of goes back to your whole point before I I couldn't help but think about uh, the series Dirty John and like what a insane representation of like what you were talking about that relationship was and like it almost like hurt to watch that show, but I feel like it was so well done. And it's really sad that I feel there are probably a lot of relationships like that. Yeah. And that's a perfect example of a narcissist that was doing emotional manipulation and Mm. emotional abuse. And I don't think, I didn't realize it. So I'm speaking for myself when I didn't understand the difference between physical abuse and emotional abuse. Actually, emotional abuse is just as scary. It's just not because they didn't hit you doesn't mean you weren't hit. Do you know what I mean? Mm, And so recognizing that and going, I deserve better. I've got to get out of this. And that person is most likely not going to change. Mm. We're definitely going to link up some resources too in the description of this episode in case anyone feels like they need to reach out to someone mm-hmm. for help in, in their own life or relationships or whatever it might be because, yeah, nobody deserves that. Yeah. And to your point earlier, I think, Nicole, you said, like, did you fear loneliness? It's way more lonely to be in a bad relationship than it is to be alone with your dog. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I would much rather be alone with Lily and not be in a relationship that is tearing me down. Um, because I was very lonely in the relationships where I was, uh, not treated well. And yeah. so if you're worried about being lonely, yeah, you're going to be lonely, but you'd rather be lonely alone than lonely with someone who is mistreating you a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, you know, why I so appreciate this, this conversation, because I think it is challenging that idea that I think is pushed on us that somehow we're better when we're coupled versus when we're single. It's an either or no being single is just another way. It's no 
less a way of being um, than being in a, in a relationship. So, yeah. Yeah. And I loved being in a relationship that was good. And I've had great relationships throughout my life. And I'm not knocking, I'm not anti-marriage. I'm not anti-relationship. I am just pro doing it so that you're happy and doing it for the right reasons. And couples can be so powerful. They can build businesses together <laughs> like you guys do. You know, you can have it all. And I think that there's just such a misbelief that many of us have. If you, I think it's like, get really clear on yourself, who you are, what you want and what you believe you deserve. And if you don't believe that you deserve the world, then work on yourself first. Because when you believe I deserve everything and nothing less, you attract that. And if we go, oh, I don't deserve this. I'm not good enough. Who am I to want this? That continually attracts the wrong vibration of energy of all people into our lives, whether it's friendships or clients or um, relationships. And so it's like, you do you work on you and then everything gets better. So now after going through multiple relationships that were based on my own misbeliefs of like, I can fix him or I'm not good enough. Who am I to want more? Now I'm just up leveling, up leveling, up leveling. So when you work on yourself and you realize what your beliefs are and you can let them go and accept new beliefs, then you vibrate at the frequency to attract the right person. That's what I think. That's what I'm working on anyways. <laughs> I think you've evolved so much because of your experiences and it's not to say that they weren't hard, but you've come out of them at such a higher level and in such a better place. Um, I think it's interesting when we talk about values, knowing who you are, what your what your beliefs are. Getting clear on those can be hard though, right? Especially when maybe we've in long relationships or we've never stopped to question like, what do I want? Who am I? What do I believe in? What do I value? Um, we think it's easy to come up with those answers, but you know, it, it does take a bit of digging. It takes time. How would somebody who's maybe navigating coming out of a long relationship or someone who's maybe single for a, a long time and has never asked themselves that question. How do they, how do they figure out like what's a good values exercise that they can do to get clear on who they are and what they, what they want? I mean, that's a great question. Um, I'll tell you what I do and you know, hopefully this helps someone I have in my notes app. Um, very clearly, the top says my love, the bottom says my home, uh, because I believe my love is my home. So it's just like attracting my love that feels like home. Home is very important core value to me feeling like I'm at home in a relationship. Like I never want to feel like I can't go home or that when someone enters my home, it's an unsafe space. So that's very clear value. So that's my top and bottom. And then in between, I just keep adding things. So sometimes a friend will share a story and they'll say, oh, this happened or this person did this for me. And I'll be like, I need that. Right. And then I'll watch a TV show and like I'm rewatching 90210 right now. And like Brandon said something to Kelly and I just put it into my notes app because I was like, I want to love like that. Like just little things. So you see around you, like, what are the things that I know it's hard to sit to blank piece of paper and go, I want this. I want that. I want this. <laughs> but over time, the things will start mm -hmm. to come to you. You can look at loving examples of relationships. Like you could look at your friends' relationships who you admire, or if maybe perhaps you admire your parents' relationships or people on TV. I don't care. Like whatever is modeling what it is that you want, take those parts and put it on your list. And then you'll have a list in no time. Honestly, it's like, you know, when you start thinking about something, even when I started thinking about this podcast, that's why I sent you the list where I was like, here's a bunch of things I could talk about. But once you start thinking about, they just start showing up. And so 
to answer your question, Nicole, it's like it starts becoming really easy once you put it out there. Like, this is what I want to create. I want to create my list. Then the things start coming to you and you don't have to sit down and go, oh God, I have to write this list right now. No, just start it. (laughs) And then they start coming to you. And I'm sure there's other ways, but that's what's working for me right now. (laughs) I love that awareness. I talk about that a lot because I, I feel like anything that you're looking to improve, discover, elevate, the awareness is really the first step is just like noticing it in your everyday life. And if you start to take note of the things that make you feel love, the things that make you feel great, the things that make you feel happy, like when are those things coming up in relation to other people, how other people treat you, the things other people do for you or the way that you feel great when you're giving or when you're providing something for someone else. Um, And this reminds me, Allie, you mentioned the book, The Five Love Languages, and how it's so important to know yours and to learn your partner's. And again, we talked about this being in friendships too. Like, I think this really extends to any relationship. Um, When John and I got engaged, I think probably at least four or five people sent this book to us, like a physical (laughs) copy of the book. And we're like, this is your engagement present, read it. (laughs) But I also think that things like that as a resource are a really good way to just start thinking about what types of things make me feel great? What types of things can I do for other people that will make them feel great? And that that's a great way to start too. Nicole, I love that question. So great um, for people to, to think about it in that way. But um, yeah, on the topic of five love languages, I want to talk about that. <laughs> I haven't read the book, so I, I want to learn more about these five love languages. Yeah. What I love about the five love languages of love or the five love languages is that you don't have to have the same as your partner for it to work. That's not what this is. So I don't want to scare people off. Like you read the book, you're already engaged and you're like, I better have the same, we'd a better match. No, it's learning what yours are, learning what the other person's are so that you can complement each other with how they receive love. It's such a beautiful book. It's by um, Gary Chapman, right? Yes, Gary Chapman. Thank you. And so we'll go through them really quick. And maybe you can, Nicole, figure out which one you are, because that could be fun. But um, (laughs) I would love to know what yours are, Kate, and I'm happy to share mine. According to this book, there are five languages of love. The first one is words of affirmation. So that means you receive love when other people tell you, you're great. You did this. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, thank you for doing this. It's words. Second is acts of service. So that's like, oh, they changed my tire or I changed their tire if that's my love language. Um, Taking out the trash. That's I do something for you to make life easier. Number three is gifts. Obviously, that's easy getting and receiving gifts. So giving gifts, if that's your love language to show your love or receiving gifts, that's how you receive love. Quality time, that's spending time together and physical touch, not just sexually, but just touch in public, touching to reassure that everything's okay. Touching outside of a sexual relationship just means like, you know, I'm here for you type of thing. And so with those, when I went through it with my ex, I realized that my my two were quality time and physical touch. And at that time, he was very bad at quality time because he was working all of the time. He had a high level career, which I was proud of. But at the same time, he was never home for dinner. And so I was like, wow, this is why I'm so upset all the time. So it allowed me to reflect on why I'm always mad at you (laughs) and go, all right, so I need to express to him, this is why, and this is what I need. Like I need to make time for dinner twice a week or something like that, because I realized that I wasn't getting the love 
love that I needed. And here he is saying, look at all the things I do for you. I take out the trash. I fix your car. I do all this stuff that never occurred to me. His way of showing love was acts of service. I wasn't receiving love. I don't care about the trash. I didn't care about the dishes. Oh, you do the dishes. That's just whatever. He's doing them as acts of services to show me love. So all I had to do was appreciate. And then it transforms the relationship once you start to realize what yours are. You usually have a core to what theirs are. And then I realize, oh, if I appreciate him, he'll do more of what I need. And it's just this beautiful reciprocal thing that can happen. So I would love to hear, Kate, your experience. And I would love to hear, Nicole, if you think you know what yours or your husband's might be. Wow. Yeah. I, Nicole, I'm excited. I feel like you and Omar have got to read this book and report back. Wow. Oh, my gosh. What That was the... That was huge, Ali. Thank you. Um, That's what happened to me when someone t- showed me the book. I was like, this is everything. <laughs> uh, okay. Kate, do you know what your love languages are? Because I think I know oh, my yeah. two. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is, I think this is so powerful because like you, Ali, I mean, I, th- I feel like all of these languages are ones that we can very easily identify and understand how they fit into our own life. And then thinking it from a thinking about it from a perspective of like, which of these are most important to me and which of these are most important to my partner that like you said, it really creates this beautiful reciprocal, like it's almost like you click to a new level of understanding each other. Whereas before you're just like, why is this not getting through to you? (laughs) It's almost like you think, oh, the person's not capable of love. No, they're just doing and showing love in a different way. Okay. So immediately I think, at first I thought, oh yeah, yep, that one, that one, that one, that one. No, who doesn't like gifts? You <laughs> like all, all of them. <laughs> all of them, right? Okay. And then you said no, two are generally the ones that you land on. And so for me, acts of service would be one of them. Uh-huh. And the last one, the tactility, like touch, physical, physical hugs. Physical yeah. And, yeah. Those yeah. are the ones that, that stand what, out for me. Do you have a guess at what Omar's are, Nicole? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> to put you on the spot. <laughs> oh, for sure. His uh, acts of service as well. Um, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Hang on a second. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he doesn't listen, listen to this one. He's like, nah, you got me all wrong. Um, <laughs> You'll have to bring him on the next episode. See like we're right. definitely, yeah. we're definitely both not on the gift. Like yeah, we like gifts and we, you know, we exchange gifts during, you know, birthdays, Christmases and all and all that. But um, yeah, it's neither here nor there for me. What were the other two? Uh, words of affirmation <gasps> and yeah. then quality time. I think quality time mm. would be one of his as well, which I value as well. You know, I value quality yeah. time as well. What about yeah. you, Kate? Mine for me is acts of service for sure. That's a big one for me. And I found myself like when I was reading the book, I'm like, oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. So like at first I'm like, I like all of these things. (laughs) But then when I really took a step back and thought about like, when is it most meaningful when John does X for me? And it it was it's acts of service for sure. And his is words of affirmation. Uh, My exes was words of affirmation, too. And so once I realized that and I it was so obvious because Mm -hmm. he had a um, 
on his computer, he had like a, a, a thing he would pull up. And every time someone said something positive about him, he would put it in the app. And so that's so obvious, but I wasn't doing it. I didn't know that he needed it from me. And so once I learned that, I was like, okay, let me reflect back to him all the times where I'm like, thank you for doing this. I'm proud of you. Wow. You look handsome. Like whatever it is, <laughs> that's how he received love, but I wasn't doing that. So I think mm -hmm. it's such a game changer. And then you can help that it could repair a relationship. Sometimes it won't ladies like, you know, we're not <laughs> saying it's going to fix everything, but wow, it becomes way more loving when you appreciate yeah. those things. And then you can even learn these things about your friends. My friend Karina showers me with gifts. She came to Nashville. She brought an extra suitcase full of things for me. Gifts are her love language. So Aww. her birthday is coming up and I need to be like, all right, like, how, like I'm going to send you stuff. You know what I mean? Like, because that's how she receives love. Instead of me saying, I love you girl on a text. Here's a mm -hmm. cute photo of us on Facebook. She <laughs> wants to receive gifts. Gifts. Yeah. <laughs> that's so beautiful. So beautiful that you know that about your friend. That's true. It can really raise your friendships as well. Knowing that. Yeah. Ali, I just want to ask you one other thing because I'm curious about your experience with dating apps. Um, as I mentioned before, I'm out of touch, uh, haven't needed to use one. I mean, I've been with OMA now for 10 years, um, yeah. so I'm not on there, but I know my friends are. Do you have any go-to tips, um, you know, when you started using dating apps and, and what your experience um, with that is? Yeah, absolutely. So I was like you guys for a, a while because when I was married, all uh, my friends were on the dating apps because I got married a little bit earlier than they did. And I would look, I would take their phones back. Like, this is so fun. I want to play this all day, right? <laughs> Even if I'm picking for another person. But then when it's you, it's not so fun. It's a little uh -huh. overwhelming. And then I think my biggest advice is going back to what we started with is know your value, know your core values, know what you want, and then do not swipe yes if it, there's anything that's a no. So if you're like, well, he's cute, but like if there's a, but don't swipe. Cause why are you going to waste your time having that conversation? Right? So just, just know what you want. And remember that when it comes to the dating apps. And the other thing is don't have an attachment to meeting someone on there. If we put ourselves out there on an app, we are making a commitment to ourselves and telling the world we're ready to date. So just by putting yourself on an app could lead you to meeting someone at a coffee shop. Let's say uh, you're like, you know what, Ali, I don't want to go on the dating apps. I just want to meet someone IRL. I want to meet them through a friend. I want to meet them out like at the dog park or at a restaurant or at a bar. Putting yourself on the dating app opens the energy to letting that happen. So when we're closed and we're like, I'm not good enough, I'm too scared to meet someone, I'm scared of the dating apps, we're putting that energy out there in all areas of our life. So get on the dating app, if nothing more than just to be open when you go to the dog park and the bar. Do you know what I mean? I love that. Wow. Thank <laughs> you. Gosh, that was yeah, so valuable. Oh my goodness, Allie. I feel like everything that you've talked about from, you know, making the list of the things that you really want in your life and uh, not settling for anything less, having those boundaries and sticking to them. Um, I really feel like it kind of all comes back to that. And you've given us so many like valuable insights and ways that we can start doing this. Even if we are in a relationship right now, mm -hmm. single relationship, like doesn't matter. I feel like just for life in general, that these are very solid pieces of advice. So thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me. I never planned on learning any of these lessons, but life just gives you some, you know, they, it plays around with you. You learn some lessons and then hopefully you can help share. So that's all I'm here to do is go, well, I went through some 
So let me share some love. <laughs> and and you're living proof of it. Like you're this shining light of positivity. You've got this incredible, as I said, you've got this evolved kind of state that I think is super admirable. And yeah, I really want to thank you for everything you've shared today and for being so open. Well, thank you. Last thing I'll say is that a lot of times we as women especially have trouble accepting compliments. So what you just said to me, I'm like, no, I'm not all those things. So <laughs> instead of not accepting it, I will say thank you. And it's true. When we went to Italy with my Food Heals retreat, we'd be like, oh, you're beautiful. Oh, you're funny. Oh, you're this. And everyone would go, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. So we adopted a policy of always saying thank you. And it's true. So thank you. And it's true. And I would love to reflect back to you guys that I love your podcast. You guys are beautiful beings of life. I only hope to have relationships as beautiful and as strong as I see both of yours being. And so thank you for having me on today on your beautiful show. And I see Gus back there. Hi, hi to Gus. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Ali. And real quick, before we jump off, where can our listeners learn more about you and connect with you? Sure. My podcast is called Food Heals. If you want to hear a wealth of information about nutrition, mind, body, spirit, medicine, alternative health, all that good stuff. So find Food Heals anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to follow up with my follow on my personal adventures, I'm on Instagram at Allison Melody TV and uh, the website, uh, foodhealsnation.com. Thank you, Allie. Amazing. Thank you, Allie. All right, friends. All right, Nicole, as we close out today's chat on relationships, I've certainly picked up a thing or two because, I mean, we said it multiple times throughout the conversation, but I really do feel like so much of this extends to so many different areas of our lives and all different types of relationships. So I know I have. We also hope that you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this chat with our beautiful friend, Ali, and you got something out of it, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.